Hi, I'm Deirdre Veldon and this is Confronting Coronavirus, a daily podcast on the COVID-19 outbreak. Coronavirus has changed the way we live in Ireland and the way we die. It's changed the way we socialise, the way we work, the way we look after our families, and it's changed the way we grieve our loved ones. The outbreak has forced us to end the familiar customs and traditions that help us say goodbye to those we have lost. While funerals are still going ahead, they must adhere to strict social distancing rules, with only immediate family in attendance. No longer do we see large gatherings of friends and family embracing each other, swapping stories of a life that once was. In this episode, we hear from readers of the Irish Times who have shared their personal experiences of bereavement during this pandemic. My brother-in-law, Sean, got that bad cold that people had after Christmas. He wasn't improving as time went on, and he was admitted to hospital on the 1st of March. He had developed double pneumonia. He was tested for COVID-19 because it had just arrived in Ireland. He didn't have that, but he just did not respond to treatment and he died on March the 10th. We were advised not to go to the Mass because of all that was happening. My sister Genevieve and I were always there for each other. Good times and bad, celebrations and losses. And it was so painful not to be there with her and just hold and support her. And it was really difficult for her not to have us, her family, there with her. We did celebrate his month's mind on Zoom. My brother, a priest in South Africa, celebrated the Mass. And family joined in from San Diego, New York, Sydney, Cork and Dublin. We remembered him with love and prayers, with his grandchildren doing the prayers for the faithful. We all shared our memories of him at the end of the Mass. It was hugely therapeutic, and we were there for each other, even though continents part. And we paid homage to our dear brother-in-law, his life well-lived, and his positive impact on us all. My 88-year-old mam, Bridget Srinan, was in decent health when she was moved into a nursing home in January. I flew home from San Francisco to make sure she settled in, putting up pictures of the grandkids and labeling her clothes for the laundry. We were welcomed by the lovely staff members and nurses. My brother Dermot and I were so excited for all of the social activities for my mam, as she loved the crack and being around people. Two weeks ago, my sweet mam was diagnosed with COVID-19. She died on Saturday, April 11th. This plague robs you of moments you can't comprehend. Stroking her hair when she is sick, holding her hand when she is dying, supporting my brother at the burial when my mam was lowered into the ground beside my dad. As she lay there with labored breathing, I told my mam on speakerphone, how grateful I was to have her as my mother and that I loved her. The nurses and staff were amazing 
and spent so much time with her in her last few days. They are my heroes. The 9th of March started off like a normal day. News of COVID-19 still felt distant, like it couldn't possibly have the same impact here that it was having in Wuhan. There was a trickle of updates on my phone. I decided I'd had enough of scrolling social media. My anxiety level soared every time I picked up my phone, so I switched it off, something I rarely do. My husband and myself were working from home. I remember that the weather was nice and I suggested that we break away from our computers and go for a walk with our dogs. It would be a welcome distraction from work and the constant social media updates. I remember feeling a sense of dread on the drive to our local park, but I assumed it was because of the trickle of news surrounding the virus. When I came home, I decided to leave my phone switched off. I logged back onto my computer and jumped straight into work. At 4pm, I switched my phone back on and saw that I had eight missed calls from my mother. I knew in my gut that something was wrong. Then a WhatsApp message came through from my aunt. It read, Ring your mam, quick. I assumed something had happened to my granddad. He's been undergoing treatment for cancer. I hesitated before dialing my mom's number. Just as I was about to call, her name flashed up on my screen. When I answered, my mom sounded distraught. What's wrong? I asked. It's Keith, she said. He's dead. Keith was my younger brother. Even writing that he was seems surreal. I can't accept it. He was only 28. He died suddenly and unexpectedly. It sounds bizarre and it's still a haze, but in hindsight, we were lucky that we were able to have a funeral for him. As a family, however, we haven't been able to grieve. The restrictions on social distancing suddenly became real that week. I live in Carlo and my mother lives in Dublin. I haven't seen her since the funeral. I want to hug her and see my brothers and sisters, but none of us can predict when that will be. Now it feels like our grief has been put on hold, like we are all numb and can't accept my brother's death until we can see each other again. When we heard of my uncle's diagnosis with COVID-19, we were very shocked. He was a healthy young man living in Marlow in the UK with his wife Frances and their three children and two grandchildren. Harry often visited Cork and came home for every family event. He loved to stay with his sister and the house was the hub of the party when he arrived. Once we got his diagnosis, after a week he passed away. My father was heartbroken. No one could get on a plane to the UK. My dad could not go to his sister or brothers for support here. The grieving process is halted completely. Dad spoke to him in the days before, but once he was critical, he never had the chance to speak to him again. His wife and daughters attended his funeral. No one else could attend. We've been trying to be there for one another, but without physically being able to connect, it's really difficult. His death was a tragedy as he had so much more life to live and many, many plans, including the colour of his next Porsche. We are counting down the days until we can get on a plane to visit his final resting place. I never thought my Nana would die alone at 96. Nana did not die of COVID-19, but she entered her final days when limited visiting times were restricted to no visits at all. 
My mother was allowed a short visit in her final hours. Nurses and carers, despite battling a pandemic, took time to facilitate FaceTime calls and read our letters to her. On the morning of her funeral, we took branches of cherry blossom from a neighbour's tree to adorn the hearse. The funeral procession was just five relatives walking down the street she lived on. There was no shaking of hands, no hugs or kisses, no stories exchanged from friends or neighbours, no raising of a glass or a song sung in her honour at a wake. Nana was not a woman for show. The pair-back funeral allowed us to focus on the value of her life, the impact she had and the unbearable loss we continued to feel. We lost our father Ronan suddenly on Sunday, March 22nd. My 89-year-old grandmother has been unable to hug her loving family members, friends and neighbours since she got the news. My dad had no pallbearers, though there were dozens of sons, brothers, cousins and friends who would have been honoured to take on the role. The church would have been full to the brim, but instead we sat in a tiny group, three to a row, bowed under our grief as the priest's words, kind and full of love, echoed over us. We couldn't tell jokes. We couldn't go to his local for a slap-up meal or encant my dad's favourite one-for-the-ditch mantra, knowing full well it was never going to be just one. We couldn't greet softly remembered faces from childhood, so much older now, as neighbours, colleagues and friends filed towards us to tell us how he had done them a kindness or changed the course of their life with some sage advice. The worst part of grieving through this pandemic is the feeling that the grief has not really yet begun at all. It's easy to tell ourselves he's safe in his house. It's just that his phone is on the blink again. On Monday, March 30th, I was diagnosed with liver cancer and informed that the possibility of surgery was extremely unlikely. Now, while I was struggling coming to terms with this devastating news, my sister Norita, on Sunday morning, April 5th, she passed away peacefully in a County Clare nursing home where she had been a resident. She was cremated in Shannon, and only two of my brothers could attend. Now, she spent many years on the west coast of Clare in Spanish Point, in a care facility and when these travelling restrictions are lifted will bring her ashes to the beach there and distribute them to the wind and to the waves. This is to commemorate our personality, our beauty, our great smile and a very sharp sense of humour during lucid moments that she occasionally did have. Um, Indeed, if I can show the courage and resilience and humour that my late sister Norita did, I think, you know, I will at least survive the journey, however long that may take.
To memorialise those who have died from COVID-19, the Irish Times will publish a series of short obituaries. If you would like to pay tribute to a family member or loved one by writing a short piece about their life or share their story with a journalist, you can find out more at irishtimes.com. My thanks to Suzanne Brennan who produced today's podcast and thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow.